Hey guys, welcome back to the Internet Computer Report. Uh, it's been a while since our last episode, but we have some actually pretty incredible news for Definity. They actually have a set launch date. We're looking at May 7th, so around two weeks away. Uh, so today's a great day to do one of the most important uh, ideas and concepts about Definity, you know, blockchain governance. Uh, so a little backstory uh, with Evan and I. Evan had done a video on blockchain governance called uh, How Definity Solves the Villi Paradox where he has a really deep dive into Definity. Now, this was like three years ago. Since I saw that video, I contacted you. We turned out we lived near each other. And then, you know, next thing we, you know, we ended up doing the Internet Computer Report and chatting all things Definity and blockchain governance. And in addition, you also wrote a incredible book, Blockchain Wars. Highly recommend for everybody to check it out. Um, so I guess to start off this episode, can you just like kind of go back to, you know, three years ago when you were yeah, talking about the Billy uh, Paradox? Uh, so, yeah, yeah it's, it's really interesting because my origin story for finding Definity had to do with governance. And I saw Dominic Williams' Medium posts. He had two media, Medium posts that were written more than four years ago now. Call, uh, it, it was then called the Blockchain Nervous System, and they've since updated it to call it the Network Nervous System. But it was the most sophisticated, by far, governance mechanism I've ever came across. And uh, even today, I, I'm so disappointed because everything is called a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization. And four years ago, that was actually meant something sophisticated, where an organization would be governed completely by the participants of its blockchain. But now we throw in these sort of fake governance mechanisms to everything. And still to this day, four years later, that original blog post uh, was the best by far governance mechanism I've ever seen. So... Um, I'm going to title this video why blockchain governance will make or break Definity because I think like this is the most important thing by far to me. And the reason for that starts with the, Villies, uh, the Villy paradox. So Professor Villy was someone in Oxford University who, who was really deep in computer science and economic sociology. So he was the perfect person to really put the pieces together. And he proposed this in 2016. Now what he said is blockchains will never succeed until they implement governance, right? Because there's this decentralized thing, but there's no way to make de uh, like decisions in a decentralized network. And then you have these forks, uh, you know, like with Ethereum, the DAO hack, Ethereum split in half, and, and we know that is never going to succeed in the long term. But the next thing he said is as soon as you, imp this is called Villy's prov mm -hmm. provocation, as soon as you implement a governance mechanism on top of a blockchain, you implement somewhat of a hierarchy and the benefits of blockchain will disappear. And then if you have sophisticated enough governance, you could just throw that on top of a traditional system and there's no mm. longer a need for a blockchain. And I, I think, uh, you know, I really like old ideas that have stuck around for a long time. And in the scope of technology and cryptocurrency, this has been around for long enough for it to be established because I still believe that uh, fundamentally to be true. And so the network nervous system I think is the only proposal we have that's really a digital governance mechanism that could solve this paradox. Mm -hmm. You know, so you, you read a bit about it. Uh, you read the governance sections of my book, yeah. and, I, and I dove pretty deep into these things. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, I yeah they're you know really well thought out, uh, and you actually go into the history of governance in general. So now is you know there's a lot of projects that also claim. I know there's like Tezos is actually one of the it's you know did a lot quite a bit on blockchain governance. What differentiates these other projects, because there's a whole slew of you know projects with blockchain governance and DAOs and all these other things. What separates Definity 
uh, from these other ones, and or maybe just kind of give me a history on these other ones in the first place. Yeah, sure. And where they where they fail. There is um, so much to cover here, and yeah. I, <laughs> I we specifically went into this saying like Andrew, save all your questions because I want them to come out now. It's impossible to cover everything, mm -hmm. but uh, I'll try to. So if you look at any blockchain governance mechanism today, like. Just look at Tezos, right? What's the purpose of their governance mechanism? It's to keep the blockchain from forking. Um, now we have these governance mechanisms. If you ever go, like, on the, every one of these DeFi protocols have it. You click on vote, and then you go to the proposals, and then there's, like, a certain amount of people said yes to this thing that the founder typed in. Yeah. But really, it's not, it's not enforced by any particular mechanism. There's no code attached to these um, governance mechanisms. So, for example, I'm like in a farming thing right now, mm -hmm. bow finance. Okay. And I wouldn't recommend it for anybody. Like it's a super high risk thing, but my friend who introduced it to me, is like, it's the coolest thing ever. They're governing the blockchain. And I'm like, all right, yeah, look at this. Where's the code? Did the vo does the votes actually implement anything? And the answers to both of those questions was no. And he's like, but you know, you're still voting. And then they just um, have the farming rewards. Oh, and it wow. was done by one person without a vote. And I'm just like, this is, if you look underneath it all, there's never been a real governance mechanism. So what separates Definity? And the answer to that is, first of all, it, it runs like a digital government. So there's enough moving parts where complex decisions could be proposed and there'll be a, a sophisticated enough way of coming to the conclusion of yes or no without uh, running the risk of centralization. And the other thing that distinguishes it is Definity is an infrastructure platform. So the governance mechanism that it uses actually has the authority to change the code on the various subnets. Mm -hmm. um, previous to that, you would have, like if you made, an, uh, you made a DeFi app, you would govern your own DeFi app with like a simple vote, and that's cool. But for the infrastructure platforms, they need a way to decide, like, if an assassination market uh, pops up and you want to avoid censorship, you need the community to make that decision in an appropriate way. And so that's where real governance comes in. And the network nervous system will explain a little bit about that okay. moving forward. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, everybody just kind of throws in a governance token because they really don't know what else to make a token for. Uh, so we're making governance tokens for things that don't even need tokens in the first place. So now... Yeah. What better thing do you need, you know, for the in the internet computer, you know, such a, you know, such and, an incredible and, technology. And you know? a, a way to uh, conceptualize this is, like I said, the, these DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations. Four years ago, you read about them, and Definity, I think, changed the word. They call them pan-industry platforms, and that's correct. Uh, so a decentralized autonomous organization is big enough to take on an entire industry, but there's no leaders within it. Now you hear that word DAO, and it, I think it lost much of its meaning because they call everything a DAO. They call like every DeFi swap a, mm -hmm. like a DAO, yeah, and it, yeah, yeah. It's, it's false, but Definity's idea of a, of a pan-industry platform is going to require that sophisticated governance, and that's what I think five years ago when people thought of the vision of a decentralized autonomous organization, they were thinking about a Definity-governed uh, application pretty much. Okay. All right, very cool. Yeah, so, you know, one of the... One of the things that always got me about governance is, do people even want to have to vote and govern in the first place? So, like, you know, you have your Apple phone. You really don't care what's really happening. Well, for the most part, people don't care what's happening behind the scenes. They just want the convenience of using something. Now, you know, there's probably going to be tons of things happening on the Definite ecosystem. Are you just going to have to constantly be voting? Is it going to be a full-time job where you're just going to be voting on new proposals all day long? Like, how is that going to work? And how do you, like, motivate people to even want to vote in the first place? Okay, yeah. 
No, that's a, it's a resource-intensive thing, right? So you have to pick it carefully, like where are you going to deploy sophisticated governance because it requires a lot of people. Um, I'll come about this in a roundabout way, and I, like, I'm glad you brought up the Apple iPhone. Mm -hmm. And the example I use in my book is, a, well, a governance mechanism isn't that complicated conceptually. It's the same thing a corporation does. It's just digitized. So right now in Apple, you have a corporate hierarchy, whether it, like it's shareholders and the CEO is arguing with each other and deciding how to make decisions. And uh, over time, I discussed this, the hierarchy steepens as something gets bigger because you need to consolidate the amount of people that are making decisions, right? If something grows to be 100,000 people, how are you going to coordinate the decisions of those 100,000 people? Mm -hmm. So you can't do it in a corporation, but blo blockchains, I think, are unique in the sense where every person's a node in the network and you have computers uh, taking all that input and making sense of it rather than 1,000 people arguing. Um, so the example I use to, to have people conceptualize what governance mechanisms would look like if the Internet today had them, like if everything was made on blockchain, it starts with the Apple App Store. So um, in the Apple App Store, it's governed by the company. The company decides what's in it, what's not, what the how the algorithms run. But let's imagine it was made on a blockchain. You had the Apple App Store on a blockchain, and everything inside of it was dApps. Now, you don't have anyone controlling it, so there's no censorship. You, you need to have a, a somewhat of a governance mechanism in there. And the governance mechanism would decide if, let's say, if Temple Run was outranking Angry Birds, but Angry Birds had uh, more downloads but less reviews, and Temple Run thought that was unfair. They could put a proposal saying, you know, reviews should get a higher weight than just pure downloads in this algorithm. And then, of course, when you get to all the smaller ones, that becomes really important because you're deciding what gets put in front of people's faces. And then when you have a, a child pornography or an assassination market app come up, you need a way to get it done mm -hmm. really quick. So a governance mechanism would be on there. That's the that's the micro version of this. And who are the people that are going to be voting on? Every single person in the network is going to contribute their votes, or are there going to be delegation? How is that going to work? In so I propose a way to do this, but now the reason I lay out that example is exactly because of your question. So if you have the app, everything that's an app store running a sophisticated governance mechanism, it's never going to work because you're going to need so many of these things. There's going to be competing people. If you're having like hundreds of people participate, they're going to be going on their phones every day and deciding like what apps, absolutely not. And so I outlined the position that the structural positions these would all take in the internet, right? And I, I labeled this as the internet hierarchy. And one way of looking at this is at the bottom of the hierarchy, you have plugins and ex browser extensions that are at the mercy of the browser. And you have search engines that are at the mercy of the browser. Websites are at the mercy of the search engine. Mm -hmm. um, apps are at the mercy of their app store. And then on top of this, app stores and browsers are at the mercy of their operating system. And then at the top of this hierarchy is the physical device. And if you want to understand like the dichotomy of what goes on between all these big tech companies, you should understand the power that each of those holds over each other. So I, I said I used the um, Apple App Store example as a microcosm, but a real governance mechanism is going to need to scale up to the operations of all of Apple because Apple has its own search engine, it has its own browser, it has its own App Store, it has its own you know, streaming platforms, it has everything. So what I would – you have to think. There's, in this whole hierarchy of governance mechanisms, you would need one for the entire corporate structure Mm -hmm. One for the app store and one for the app itself. Mm. 
And, self governances, okay. Yeah, and the point of that, and this is where like where, where people kind of get mad, is that you need to have a hierarch hierarchical system of governance, and there's no such thing as a censorship or tamper-proof free government mm -hmm. at that point, right? And uh, the reason I think Definity gets this right, now here's where here's where it gets tricky. Definity is the meta governance mechanism. The network nervous system controls all the apps that go on below it. So if a search engine gets made below it, if a protocol gets made, if a pan-industry platform gets made, there's only going to be one governance mechanism at the very top. And so to your question of, like, is everybody going to be participating in this? And the answer is no. There's probably going to be one governance mechanism for one really big platform. And then below that, they'll have really simple ones. Are there going to be, like, checks and balances between the two? Is that how is that going to work, too, with the different hierarchies between the... Uh... With the governance systems? Well, in an idealized governance mechanism, yeah. yes. And I, at the end of this podcast, we'll go over like my version, like one way to do it that mm -hmm. I thought up, and that uh, no one does this yet. But the, so, why I'm more passionate about this than yeah. anything else is the answer is no. There's no checks and balances. Um, the creators that make these governance mechanisms are responsible for implementing those checks and balances themselves. So. The, uh, the issue I have, let's say the network nervous system, it governs all of Definity, the entire ecosystem. So, and we can imagine if this thing scales to infinity, it could host, let's say, the entire crypto space to start, but really like all much, much of yeah. the internet could yeah. be hosted on this one platform. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so from that, you have to think. Now, the network nervous system has no responsibility to governments. It has no responsibility to corporations. It doesn't have any responsibility to the users. It only has responsibility to the token holders. And at that point, there needs to be a system of checks and balances. And without it, you have a complete dystopian situation mm -hmm. where the, if, um, let's say, the governance mechanism goes rogue, then you're screwed. Mm -hmm. And... Now, if you're, yeah, you're going to put everything on there and then it goes, you know, that's a, it's a huge uh, undertaking for something that's still, you know, still in the works and people still trying to figure out. So it's a huge risk. Yeah, huge risk. Yeah. yeah. And there's like a couple paths that this could go down. Mm -hmm. So I say if we implemented something like idealized governance, and I wanted to do this episode before the specs for network nervous system came out mm -hmm. uh, so we could like see how it yeah. compares and then we'll do a separate episode comparing the theory of blockchain governance to the network nervous system mm -hmm. and see if that concept from four years ago still holds. Um, but the fork in the road would be divinity could do a really good job or you would have this risk of the governance mechanism becoming polarized. Like let's say there was a two party system made on the network nervous system, right? And then you're implementing a liquid democracy, right? Mm -hmm. That's the goal. And what always ends up happening in democracy is a two party system. Now, you, you asked me before, um, if you have a two-party system, like, doesn't it always flip back and forth? Like, in the United States, every four or eight years, we get sick of the Democrats and then hop to Republicans and then back and forth yeah, and back yeah, yeah. and forth. But I would say it's even more totalitarian in the case of a network governance mechanism, right? Because they decide the algorithms that are what's going to be put in front of you. Mm -hmm. And as soon as it tilts one way, it'll create a positive feedback loop that get, gets everyone on that side. Mm. Now, yeah, that's, that's a concern of mine too, because like even like my day-to-day -day interactions, like I'm on Twitter, there's like the social media platforms I use, 
like based on my social media, you know, my social media use, I would just imagine the entire world only uses crypto. It's the only thing that's important. So I only have like this one understanding, you know, like basically all the news is, uh, you know, specified towards this one thing. So that's one of my concerns is, is everything just going to be kind of, you know, some sort of manipulation that way where everything's going to be one certain way. Everybody's going to have to think a certain way. Yeah, uh, that's a concern of mine. And one of the concerns I had in the original blog post about this network nervous system, mm -hmm. they want to reward um, that you reward it if you voted with the majority. And I think that's a that's an atrocious um, decision. Mm. And the reason is, is like if, if you have that two party system, let's say, and one gets a 51 percent and there's a political decision then anyone that votes against the majority is getting screwed. And. Like that's that's a terrible way to do it. So my idealized governance, like, has a way to reward contrarians and uh, avoid political parties. I like that. I like that plan actually. Yeah. Yeah. To encourage more different ideas and other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. To avoid the two-party system. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, and I guess the other fork in the road, and this was um told to me like a possibility for Polkadot, because Polkadot has the governance mechanism that I do not like at all. Mm -hmm. It has like twelve validators. And then every, like one of them is selected as the leader for every decision. So talk about being centralized. Like yeah. You have 12 people with one having the most weight making all the decisions for all of Polkadot's power chains. Oh, wow. Chains. I had no idea. Okay. Yeah. Like oh. this is um, – and, and you got to think it's, it's complicated even to do just that. If you want to distribute Polkadot's governance mechanism even more, it's like mm -hmm. the way to – it's very complicated uh, to take part in. Okay. So I don't blame them, but I'm, I'm – still looking for better options to this. But what someone recommended to me is like, let's say Polkadot's governance mechanism, if there were six or like seven of the people in the voting system hated the other five, then no one would use Polkadot anymore and the whole thing's open source. So you would fork and have two Polkadots and then you would have, uh, it, and this could happen to every blockchain, right? So there's, like you said, everyone has their little group, their little cause. And we could all split up and have our own versions of, of this. Mm -hmm. And that's terrible. That's mm -hmm. absolutely terrible. Yeah. So, like, uh, that's a huge thing with social media too. I've noticed yeah. is like now that you know, you know, back you know, back in the day when there was you know, not everybody was able to be so you know, communicated with everybody so easily you know, through the internet. Uh, now there's just like everybody has their own cause, everybody has their own group. It's good in a way, but also it's kind of divided people tremendously, which is a concern. And I, you know, I wouldn't want that to continue in such a way. Yeah. Well. well, the risk, I yeah. think, is the echo chambers would perpetuate. So if you had, let's say, when we delve into the world of social media on blockchains, which is going to happen. It hasn't really gotten big yet. Uh, but the, like, the first thing you might see happen with a bad governance mechanism is, let's say, the Democrats take over one of them. And they, they only want Democratic views on one social media system. Mm -hmm. Then all the Republicans are going to be banned from it. And then mm. there's going to be a forked version. Like, we already saw this yeah, happen. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, Twitter yeah, and Parler. Yeah, the, the Parler thing, yeah, exactly. I want, I want a combination of the both, yes. personally. I want to hear both sides. I want to be able to make my own decision on something. I don't want to be, you know, ha, you know, thinking I'm thinking a certain way, but it's actually because of the fact that this is the only information I'm getting, you know? Yes. I want to be able to have some free thought in that respect. And, and the way it granulates, yeah. too. Like, you want a global collective you know, mm -hmm. on one place. You don't even – like, we're United States-centric or whatever, and that's how we think because mm -hmm. we're here. Um, but there's going to be uh, like polarization between all the countries and, you know, China is going to have its own version of mm -hmm. it. Like the point of blockchain is you could have everything in one place and no one could stop it regardless of how controversial it gets. But as we know from Philly's paradox, you can't do that without governance cause it'll never work. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so it's such a it's such a tricky and interesting thing. And I think so. The risks there is you have, let's say, Definity engulfs the whole space and has a bad governance mechanism, and everyone gets screwed. And it's even more oppressive than big tech. Mm. And it, like I like I'm saying that very loosely now. Yeah. But in the book, I go like very deep into it, and that's why I. And how do you? And in, in the event that does happen, how do you break out of it? Like, well, how do you get out of it? Or you can't, that's why I hope they open source there. everything. Okay. Um, oh, gotcha. So. Okay. Let's say, yeah, that their cryptography is magic, but within a year, I want it all to be open because if this was to happen, um, the community should be able to decide, and this is we're going to option two, to fork it. And then you'll have two, two Definities, let's say, and that's like a terrible outcome as well. I don't think you're able to fork Definity, right? Didn't they have like no, something they, specific, but they're going to make like, you can make your own. You're it's, saying, there's patents know. and there's, yeah. uh, there's community source code that gotcha. people wouldn't be able to use yet. So it's not like okay. in the works, but Polkadot is possible. Okay. Uh, just really complicated. So let's go. Let's go like even like just like at the most simple level, just to even get it. So okay. So I understand if there's ten people in the Definity system, it's really easy. Everybody's got one tenth of the tokens. People make a vote. It's easy. You know, something goes through. Now let's scale it to millions of users. I own one ICP token. I can now vote in this system on this top-up system. I also can delegate it out. Correct. Yes. Okay. Now. Um, who are we delegating to? Like, is there, there an infinite, infinite amount of people so to delegate to? How does that work? Now, uh, this is, we're going to, we'll explain like the network nervous system a little bit. And mm -hmm. this is just the broad strokes, right? Because it hasn't been touched for four years. We haven't gotten any more. How would you, how would you think it? it is? They're just on your own. Um, but how, how they said it works is you could delegate to anyone. So if you don't want to be on your phone every day checking, you're probably not, you're not probably not going to want to do that. That's going to be most people. Because how yes. many proposals are going to come through every day too? Yeah, there's, um, there's an upfront cost to put out a proposal. And, you know, that's like another hard thing to get right. How mm. much does someone have to pay and like in what subnet is it going to mm. work to get and to do, this oh, hierarchy? And you need to probably have like a certain amount of ICPs behind you and even like Yeah, I think it costs beforehand. a certain amount. But I think you might get rewarded if it's if it passes because you made an improvement to the network. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay. Um, but the way it's going to outline, so you have the length of your stake being in there. So if you're thinking long term of the project and you lock your tokens up for 10 years, you'll get more voting power. Uh, then you have the amount of tokens. Obviously, that that uh, is important in, in terms of your reputation. Mm -hmm. And then Dominic talked about an AI, uh, or, or really a, like an artificial neural network, an AN on top of the network nervous system that's going to view the effects of people's decisions over time, and we'll have like a sort of reputation score. Okay. And that will also influence things. But you know that that's a little far out, and there, there's a lot of implications there too. You got to be very careful when you're throwing reputations on people like who are writing those algorithms Big time, yeah. um but how it's gonna how i assume it's gonna work is i'm gonna be able to delegate to someone that i trust to make my own decisions so i don't have to be on my phone every day and maybe they'll get a little extra piece of rewards for, for getting uh that vote and when you vote you get a little little extra piece of the pie so for staking your governance mechanism tokens and participating in voting you get passive income mm -hmm. yeah um okay yeah, cool. that's pretty much all right, how terrific. it works. Nice. All right. So then, um, all right. What else is there? And then, uh, yeah. So yeah, another another thing that I had. Well, that kind of answers one of the questions because one of the things was, you know, people don't really like to have to deal with too many choices. Like even if you just, you know, a lot of people, if you go to a restaurant, you give them like too big of a menu. You know, people, you know, people sometimes just want a simpler menu. Give them something directly to it. But I guess that kind of answers my question along with. Uh, you know, being it able does. to delegate and and I would yeah. say that's a simple answer. Yeah. So I, I think that one's never gonna work. 
And I oh. wish we would get away from this simplistic idea of just delegated voting that rewards the people that voted with the majority, right? Mm -hmm. it's, you're going to have the bandwagon effect every time. Uh, and you're absolutely right. Like, no, what percentage of people are going to care about this? Like, less than a half a percent of people that are on Definity are going to care about yeah. voting, right? It, you know, it's just how it is. Um, but that's why I say that it's got to be hierarchical. And, and there's only going to be one governance mechanism for all of Definity. And then the, everyone who makes their own app will have their own smaller governance mechanism. Mm -hmm. But that's up to them to build. And that'll be like, you'll have a community of 10 people making the decisions for those apps. And yeah. that's fine. Well, that's fine because that's yeah. just, those are the sub, you know, something that's built on top of it. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So all the risks I had uh, that I said were associated with having this delegated voting still stand. Like as soon as you have a 51% of people agreeing with each other and don't like the other 49%, then that'll perpetuate until you have that, that minority voters completely gone. Mm -hmm. Now, I'll, I wrote a, a whole section in, in the book and the way I think governance should be done in the future. And I plan on coding this like as I get better uh, and it, like testing it, at least on an app on Definity. But it goes something like this, and there's a million and one like give and takes on this on this feedback. So if you have questions to like totally throw my way, like, oh, that wouldn't work because of this. And then all the specifications are in there. But I suggested that you divide voting power into two parts, right? One would be sovereign voting power. And this is 50% of your voting power based on, you know, your stake and how long you have it in. And the other half is called domain voting power. Mm. So Sovereign votes, um, you own, you can vote them however you want. You will not get your reputation damaged if you vote against the majority, right? Like that shouldn't matter because that's your personal voting power. And the second part that I suggested was domain votes is when you decide not on the decision yourself, but you decide on what group of experts should make that decision. And that's what I refer to as a domain. It's a fictitious name. And okay, so now we got to figure out what, what is a domain? Is that, are you following this so far? Yeah, I'm following it, yeah. Okay, so if you wanted to have more voting power yourself, you staked an amount of tokens, you have sovereign voting power, and you have domain voting power. Mm -hmm. You can decide to become part of a domain yourself. And what a domain is, is a field of experts in one particular area. So let's say there's a cryptographer one, there's a sociologist one, there's a political expert uh, one. Okay. And um, this is like how to prevent there being a two-party system. And there's a bunch of caps on all these voting powers. So the domain can't get half. One domain can't get half. It could get up to like 10% of the voting power in a single vote. Mm -hmm. So you should have about 15 domains. And they're just a, uh, like every, hopefully every field that we have. Now, if you want more voting power than the one you delegated to yourself and you want to be an active voter that votes every day that doesn't delegate, you say, I want to be a domain voter. And when you be join, you become part of a domain, and you sacrifice that sovereign voting power. So now you're a field expert, and all of the people then decide to delegate their voting power, the half the domain voting power, to a certain domain. The leaders within that domain, there'll probably be only a handful of them, but they decide how influential each of their own field experts are, right? Because mm -hmm. they should know each other. It should be based on like what you have accomplished in that field, how intelligent you are. It's harder to be a popularity contest when you divvy these things up into field experts. Mm -hmm. And then um, based on your stake in that domain, you get a percentage of the domain voting power. And so every vote works this way. And then you might 
you might ask, like, well, isn't this resource intensive? You're going to have thousands of people voting. But it's not really. You're only going to have a few sovereign voters that everyone delegates to, and there's caps on those too. So I did, like, I did the math and all the percentages that I worked out. It's really designed for codes, not words, this whole conversation. But the maximum you can get in a single vote as one person is 6% of the voting power. If you consumed everything, right? Like if you had sovereign delegated votes and domain voting power. That's the uh, most you can amount to, and I think the domains themselves can't get more than 20% of a vote. So there's a bunch of caps on these things. It would be impossible for a two-party system to develop, mm -hmm. and you'd have a handful of people voting in every domain. So let's say there's 10 people in each domain, and only three domains are going to get uh, be a part of a single vote. So you're like up to 30 voters, and then there'll be a few sovereign voters that want vo voters to delegate to them uh, so they could participate more. Okay. All right. Now well, that, was, that was a bit, to, that was a bit, to there, take yeah, in. yeah, there's I so gotcha. much going on. Yeah. Uh, but it's good though that, yeah. So you basically have professional fields that you can have kind of, that you can kind of, you know, delegate to and stuff. Actually speaking of that, it just kind of made me think like the reason probably the two, uh, party system even came about is because it's such an easy thing. Vote this way or this way. It's very simple, not very complicated. You want to vote this, you know, it's just, uh, it's a much more seamless. Uh, yeah, idea. well, I, I think the whole goal, voting, yeah. like the the axiom that I used mm -hmm. to, to build off this whole governance concept, right, is that we want democracy, right? But there's three different types of democracy, and they all have their flaws. We have a direct de democracy, which is good because you have thousands of people, but how are you going to coordinate thousands of people? You have a participatory democracy, mm -hmm. like prone to logistical failures, because uh, that's when everyone partakes in every decision. Uh, like that's obviously not going to work. And then you have a representative democracy, which is it. what always ends up happening is you have too few representatives because people elect their leaders to make decisions for them. And as the hierarchy grows, it steepens. Mm -hmm. And like this is like this is the axiom that I use it on. And I say, well, if government, if we agree as a, like humanity that democracy is the thing that we want, digitization of the process could allow all the logistical kinks to kind of come together and be fixed, where you could blend features of all three, of the, like representative, participatory, and direct democracy, all in a digital system. And this is what it, that's what this does. And I, like it's a, it's a huge mouthful, yeah. but I guarantee you, if they implemented this, it would be an easy user interface. People would like see it, they'd, they'd get yeah. it, oh, like, all right, I have two votes. Every time I want to vote, I could either delegate it or I could use it. Mm. And that like, it'll really be that simple. And I must say, like, I'm, I'm very afraid that no one's going to do this because there hasn't been a lick of this idea in the crypto sphere. Mm. Um, the biggest bone to pick I have with Definity now is, and the, Professor Villy said this himself. He said, if governance, like, there's no way out of this paradox because even when you implement a governance mechanism, there's a centralized group of developers that make the whole thing. And if you think there's not going to be loopholes, where you know centralized powers authorities could take advantage of it then you're ludicrous and uh Definity has been building this for over four years since the original concept came out and it was just written by one guy dominic williams he wrote out the whole concept and they've been building it out for four years and there hasn't been a single more word on it hmm. like he he briefly what are we expecting the next uh, documentation to come out on it yeah. We're supposed to come. They said yeah, we were waiting. We've been waiting on that one. It was, okay. Everything was supposed to be out before Genesis, and okay. we have like what, we have two three weeks. weeks? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, May seventh. So yeah, it's right 7th. around the corner. 
It is. All right. And uh, so that's what that's what this uh, episode will serve yeah. as. So and I guess we'll do it. We'll be having to do a follow up episode. Oh yeah, when the network can, nervous system we'll comes, have, we'll we're going to tear it apart. Yeah. Okay, there we go. And oh, <laughs> let me tell you guys, I, I could guarantee no one cares about or understands what uh, network governance is right now. It's an absolute. Like it's Fugazi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's doing their own governance mechanism. The, they're like anonymous founders, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, we're we're letting the community make the decisions." It's, it's like it's all yeah. a show. Yeah. It's just happening yeah. on front ends, not attached to any real back end mm-hmm. code. Like there's no integrity in in the designs for this. Yeah. But and it's all the whales at the end of the day that are going to, and they just have you know yeah. the rest of the re- the smaller fish that are voting is more just like a signal for the whales to see what exactly. they want to do in the first place, but. Exactly, and that, that's why we need caps on power. Mm-hmm. We need ways to distribute the intelligence. It's a distributed intelligence, and um, once Definity comes out with this network nervous system concept, all the other startups can be like, "Ooh, yeah. what's that? Is, like, yeah. we, have, we should get <laughs> the on that." New frontier, I, I <laughs> and everyone's totally going to steal that. it yeah. from Definity, and yeah. like they always did. Yeah. And uh, I, I bet that's what's going to happen. I hope we're not disappointed with the network nervous system. All right. well, but I'm, they, I'm excited. They've had. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, I think over a dozen people just on the network nervous system team. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to be disappointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited <laughs> for it. Cool. So we'll do a follow-up. Anything else you want to add for this episode or we'll save um, it for the next one? I'd, I just encourage people to take this topic seriously. I mm-hmm. think I, in, a, in the times where I care about this more than anything else in terms of the blockchain space. And the reason is that... This is a, a blockchain technology is about humanities being able to make more ethical decisions for our future, right? And Yuval Noah Harari, the guy who wrote Sapiens, the Sapiens Homo Deus trilogy, whatever, mm-hmm. he explained how all throughout history, technology advances more rapidly than, than uh, most humans could tolerate. And only a smaller and smaller percentage of people involved with that technology are the ones who make all the decisions for it. And now we're entering a time where we're creating artificial intelligence and like nuclear wow. weapons and all yeah. these things, or like nanotechnology, very scary stuff. All of them are still attached to computers. And the point of this governance, in my eyes, is that it's proof governments themselves are no longer sufficient at making decisions for the people as they relate to these super advanced technologies. And participating in these votes and encouraging these governance mechanisms to succeed, instead of these companies right here making artificial intelligence algorithms and quantum computers behind the scenes, hopefully they'll all one day be on a blockchain. And instead of having like 10 geniuses that could could be evil, could be nice, like inside yeah. the headquarters of yeah. Google, you can't making evil. all those decisions. Can't be evil. Yeah. yeah, well, that's that's yeah. the issue. Like one person, if you're those people making those decisions, you have so much power, and we know absolute power corrupts absolutely. And the, I think the only loophole we have for the 21st century in not having these technologies progress in a way that most of humans wouldn't is through decentralizing the decisions involved with them through distributed systems. So I'd encourage people to learn about blockchain governance as they come about, get involved, especially if you disagree with some of the votes. Like, don't, don't be afraid to say no to a vote that you don't mm-hmm. think is going to succeed even if 98% of people vote for because that's what it is like every every vote yeah. that is implemented on these blockchains it gets passed because they're like help the community but the decisions are going to get tougher moving forward and I hope they will that would be a really good thing because it would mean we are distributing the intelligence that goes into 
these really tough decisions related to social media and dystopian technologies, et cetera. Yeah. Wow. So that's well, it's a lot, a lot to think about. This is fantastic. <laughs> if, you, and, uh, if you guys have any questions, you know, please put them into the comments. We'll check them out and we'll answer them in the yeah. next episode because we're definitely going to be diving deep into this after the paper is released. So Evan, thanks again. Wealth and knowledge. Highly recommend the book. Uh, so yeah, very good. Thank yep, you guys. Thanks for watching. Nice. All right.